0: Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Gausel, Chronicles of the End Times. I hope you're doing well today as we continue with part two of Demolishing Strongholds. As we look at our walk with God, we need to think seriously about where we are. Being in ministry for so many years, there's so many of us that fall into the ER Christianity, the emergency room Christianity. We really don't get serious with God unless we're in the emergency room of our lives in some way, shape, or form. And it's sad because God wants us to minister to others. We need to understand our mission. I need to remind myself every day, my mission is not about me. My mission is about my family, those around me, those that God brings into my life. And I don't always hit the mark, that's for sure none of us are perfect, and I certainly fall into that category. But I need to stay sharp. I need to stay committed. And even though we all fail at times, more than we care to admit, God wants us to continue our walk. He wants us to continue. He'll pick us up, dust us off, and send us on our way again, because he wants us to be successful. As Paul says I wish that you would prosper as your soul prospers. So today, let's look at part two of tearing down and demolishing strongholds. God gives us the power, and people need that to happen. There's so many idols that can be put into our lives. And we've been looking at 2 Kings, chapters 21, 22, 23. And if you've been listening, it's the story of Josiah. Josiah, a very young king comes into the kingdom at eight years old. So we're going to look at 2 Kings. We're going to look at chapter 23 today. As this King Josiah, this young king, hears the word of God that was found in a temple, if you remember from our last broadcast, and he hears the word of God for the first time as the high priest reads it to him, and he tears his clothes, and he falls down, and he repents with tears. And he looks at Israel and he sees the fallen state of it. And that's what shocks him. Sometimes our sin gets hidden. If we don't read the word of God, we kind of say, "Ah, that's not so bad, you know? I'm not as bad as that guy over there or that person over there. But the word of God is the light, right? It lights up the room. It shows every imperfection and every problem. We need to live in the word of God to keep ourselves right so God can keep working on us. It's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. The Apostle John writes in 1 John chapter 1, he said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. We're walking down the road of life. We're walking towards Jesus. There's two roads in life. We can walk on our own road, the sinful road, which only has pitfalls and holes and traps that we can fall into and become worse and walk away further from God, or we can walk on the road that's leading towards Christ. And on that road, if we're to fall 70 times in a day, doesn't matter, God will pick us up. As long as we're on that road walking towards Him, that's the answer. We're not going to be perfect, but we are to desire the perfect one. That's the difference. So back to Josiah, we see that he now gets all the light from the Word of God flooding him, and he can see how bad Israel is. I'm sure he knew how terrible the situation was, but now he sees God's view of it, and that shocks him. And that's important for us to see God's view of it, not our view of it, because we have a tendency to glaze it over. We must see through God's eyes. So what's he do? He destroys all the altars. He burns bones on the altar to desecrate them. And he even goes as far as killing the priests who served at these altars, at these high places where they worship these horrendous gods, these actual demons. Let's read a little bit about what he did in chapter 23. The king ordered Helikiah, the high priest, the priests next in rank, and the doorkeepers to remove from the temple of the Lord all the articles made for Baal and Asherah and all the starry hosts. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron Valley and took the ashes to Bethel. He did away with the pagan priests appointed by the kings of Judah to burn incense on in the high places in the towns of Judah and those around Jerusalem, those who burn incense to Baal to the sun and to the moon and to the constellations and all the starry hosts. He took down the Asherah pole from the temple of the Lord to the Kidron Valley outside of Jerusalem and burned it there. He ground it to powder and scattered the dust over the graves of the common people. He also tore down the quarters of the male shrine prostitutes, which were in the temple of the Lord and where women did, weaving for Asherah. All these names of these gods are names of demons. In early Babylonian days, the days of Nimrod, these were actual demons that they worshiped. And what makes it worse is they had the temple of the Lord. In days gone by, they worshiped God on high places. They built altars and worshiped God and made sacrifices to the Lord. That was okay at that time because there was no temple. God had not designated where he wanted to be worshipped. But now the temple was there, and they were told what to do and how to honor God, but they didn't do it. Went back to the high places, but this time they decided to honor their own gods, their own idols. Sometimes we think of these as primitive people worshipping these carved images out of wood and stone, and we say, oh, how foolish, you know, we don't do that or do we? When the apostle John wrote to the Christ followers near the end of the first century, most had nothing to do with carved idols. Still, his final words to them in the letter of First John were, little children, keep yourselves from idols. The New Living Translation captures the meaning this way, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. John was concerned that people would be developing their own idols. Anything that takes the place of God in our lives needs to be torn down and demolished. We think of Solomon and how wise he was, maybe the wisest man that ever lived according to the scriptures and according to history. Many things are attributed to him, not only in the Bible, but in the Quran and other writings as this mystical man who could do so many different things and knew so much about every little detail about animals and plant life and about the world. But yet Solomon fell, and he's the one who led Israel into all these abominations. He started it. He married women he shouldn't have married who were dedicated to their gods. He put up altars to those gods in the surrounding hills of Jerusalem. And he himself went with his wives and worshipped at these different altars as well as worshipping in Jerusalem. So the precedent was set and why these demon gods let them do whatever they want they just wanted to enjoy themselves in every perverted way and these demon gods were glad to encourage them in all these practices that were against everything god had written and told them not to do let's pick it up in second kings chapter 23 verse 13 the king also desecrated the high places that were east of jerusalem on the south of the hill of corruption the one Solomon, the king of Israel, had built for Ashtoreth, the vile goddess of the Sidonians, and Chemosh, the vile god of Moab, and Molech, the detestable god of the people of Ammon. Josiah smashed the sacred stones and cut down the ashrapoles, poles and covered the sites with human bones. Even at Bethel, the high place made by Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had caused Israel to sin, Even that altar and the high place he demolished. He burned the high place and ground it to powder and burned the Asherah pole also. In verse 19 it says, Just as he had done at Bethel, Josiah removed and defiled all the shrines at the high places that the kings of Israel had built in the towns of Samaria that had provoked the Lord to anger. Josiah slaughtered all the priests of those high places on the altars, and burn human bones on them. Then he went back to Jerusalem. Nothing held him back. He went all the way. He was so driven and so upset. He could see through the eyes of God how vile this practice was. Sacrificing their children to the God of Molech. Female and male prostitutes practicing sexual things in front of the altars to celebrate in front of these demons. This was no small matter. These people were dedicated to the worship of these demon gods. Verse 24, it says, Furthermore, Josiah got rid of the mediums and spiritualists and household gods and idols of all other detestable things in Judah and Jerusalem. This he did to fulfill the requirements of the written law in the book that Hilkiah the priest had discovered in the temple of the Lord. Here's a great line. Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him, who turned to the Lord as he did, with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his strength, in accordance with all the law of Moses. Wow, what a tribute. Of all the kings, that's quite a list. He loved the Lord above all things. And that brings me to where we are, you and I, today. And I include myself in this, I'm not putting myself above anyone. Are we serving God with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our mind? Or are we divided? In the time in which we live, part time Christianity is not going to make it. We are challenged on every side. The world is trying to convince us that this is the right way to go, that this is modern society and we must live up to it. But Jesus never said it would be easy. It wasn't for him, it wasn't for the apostles, and it wasn't for the early fathers of our faith. Nearly all were killed because of the word of God. If we are to demolish strongholds like Josiah did, Josiah just didn't say, wow, this is great. I'm going to live like this. But he was the king, and he said, I will not tolerate it. He went and made sure that he cleaned house. And that's important for us, that we need to clean house, our own house, that we might be ready to be used of God in whatever capacity God wants to use us. We don't need to go to Bible school. We don't need to become a monk. We just need to live every day reading the Word of God, staying in the vine. So whatever God puts in front of us, and we may feel that it's not that much. We may feel, well, what kind of impact can I have? I'm just this or that or the other thing. That's not true. Every person is important to God. And what he gives us to do, we must do our best to fulfill the calling, for we all have one i like to end with this in 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse 18. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. So if you feel you're insignificant today, you're not. For John writes to us that we all have an anointing from the Holy Spirit. And we may not be standing in front of thousands and speaking the Word of God. Whatever role we play is important and is in the divine plan of God. So today, let me encourage you, if you're going to tear down strongholds, if we're going to make a difference, we need to get rid of all the altars, get rid of all the idols. We can't be worshiping anything else but the true God. And there's really no other way. As I said before, part-time Christianity is not going to cut it. There is really no such thing. Let's try to be like Josiah. We're not perfect. He wasn't perfect in this example. It's our desire, it's the goal of our heart that matters. We need to follow the word of God. I know there's a lot of other messages that I could be bringing that may be more popular, but today we live in very challenging times, and I think it would not be responsible to bring any other message but a true message of where we are today and how we can be victorious because we can be victorious and we will be. God will have his witness. And you and I should desire to be part of that. So God bless. Dig into the word of God. Stay in it. Dedicate yourself to it. And you will see doors open you never dreamed possible. So this is Russ Gals of Chronicles of the End Times. God bless. Keep looking up. The King is coming.